Hey, who made you a disc jockey? Welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. It's episode 164. Yeah, it's not for everybody. But what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> we do these as often as we can, folks. Uh, we, we have weird jobs these days, so we apologize for missing a week, but there wasn't that much going on last week anyway. Plus, I was in a coma. Uh, just too much goddamn day job work. If everybody would just send us, say, $10,000 in a paper sack, <laughs> we could do this show daily. We could do this show constantly. We could just stream over the internet. We could uh, remember Jenny Cam. We could be Crisis Cam, just constantly yammering about comic I think books. You just terrified our two <laughs> listeners. <laughs> While I scratch my nether regions and cameras just shatter at the sight of it. Um, I gotta go. So that's ten thousand dollars. We'll uh, we need a PayPal or something. <laughs> I'm going to be at my mother's. <laughs> And forget I said it. Because <laughs> then I'd be alone here with hundreds of thousands of dollars in front of a camera. I'd be like, remember that episode of The Simpsons where Krusty, uh, uh, Sideshow Bob takes uh, all the television off the air, so Krusty goes to the emergency broadcast shack. <laughs> it's like, I'm eight hours a day, no, 12 hours a day. That would be me. Just by the security camera over in the corner <laughs> doing a terrible... I think it would be more like chat roulette. <laughs> Now that's a visual nobody needs. Nope. <laughs> Chet roulette. They got my dick missing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is we're mostly going to talk about uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Uh, but I did want to bring up uh, we're we're taping this on Monday because uh, once again uh, we <laughs> we have all the time in the world and uh, have scheduled it badly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the potentially interesting comics news. Although you just told me that the. Talks were stalled, yes. but 20th Century Fox has apparently been in talks with Disney uh, to be part of Disney's uh, just eating of all media. Well, specifically, Fox wants to um, sell, or at least at one point, at some point in the last 48 hours, wanted to sell just the entertainment branch of 21st Century Fox because they want to spend their time focusing on their sports and <clears throat> news offerings. And <laughs> we, we try not to talk politics. That was, it was, I, I, had, I had a little tickle in my throat. <laughs> I, I don't have four open beers in front of me. Um, <laughs> so, yes, the uh, the Fox News division. Yeah, it's not for everybody. Oh, I slipped. Uh, anyway, all right, that's, play enough. The testicle fest. that's enough. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> in any event, so they, they were looking to, to possibly sell just the entertainment branch. And uh, so Disney was in talks with them, and I, I gather they... The, I've read this on io9 um, as part of the, the formerly known as Gawker Media Group um, website, and I, I guess they described it as uh, Fox is being bullish about this. I don't know what that means, other than they're rushing forward and want to gore somebody in the stomach. <laughs> That's what I want to do. On camera. But Live, then, about 24 hours a day. Uh, but then... Uh, I. It seems as though talks have stalled out for the moment. The, from a purely American standpoint, I don't think the mouse should own uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like a somewhat broad amount of entertainment, but we're going to talk about a Disney-owned movie and 
we'll be talking Star Wars in a few weeks, so it's, it's kind of no escape at this point. Having one or two things that are just sort of off on their own, I'm okay with that. I yeah. think that's probably not a terrible idea. Now, I, on, on the other hand, uh, I would not mind seeing a Marvel Studios Fantastic Four movie. Yes. <laughs> Or some form of X-Men property, although... Well, I mean, it begs the question, you know, right now Fox is doing some some kind of interesting things with the mutant properties. We, we watched the trailer for the new mutants the other day. Yeah. And that's got a really just horror bent to it. Does Disney have that in it? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I, I remember the black hole was pretty horrible. Does that count? That's not the same as terrifying. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's true. Although Ernest Borgnine <laughs> as a fucking astronaut All right, <laughs> made that me is afraid for NASA. Kind of terrifying. A little bit, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They've had Touchstone Pictures for forever that has That's done true. more adult fare. Uh, so, but clearly, if the X Men and everything came under the Marvel Studios auspices, a lot of stuff would change. And Fox is, yeah, they've been doing a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, the Gifted is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, I'm blanking. We really liked it. The name of the Legion. other one. Legion. Thank you. <laughs> we loved it. We watched it all the way through. What's it fucking called again? <laughs> Fine. Berkshire Brewing Company. <laughs> Steel Rail Pale Ale. Uh, so yeah, Fox is, and uh, Jesus, Logan. Yep. So they've been doing some really decent yeah, stuff Yeah, that's just it. it. Does Disney have it in it to make a Logan? Uh, I do not know. Um, Windows is a piece of... <laughs> Shit, this computer is hot garbage. Here's what happened. Uh, we were we were talking along, and now I booted. This is an older machine. This is what four or five year old laptop, mm. Amanda, something like that. Yes. And I've forced Windows 10 onto it. So and and all this podcasting software, and it has been fine, but it doesn't accept Windows updates very well. So what I do when we have to do a show is I boot it up fully an hour ahead of time, just so it can try to decide what it needs to install, what it, it needs to download. <laughs> yeah, and I thought I had it this time. It's like great. The disk activity spun down. We're not going to have any problems with the recording. Literally, as we're talking about fucking 20th Century Fox, a little window saying, hey, champ, we're rebooting in 10 minutes, no matter what you do. <laughs> it's, I'm like, no, d- d- no, we're rebooting. Oh, let me go in and change it. Oh, you won't let me change the time. You grayed out the shit that lets me control my own fucking computer. I can't make it. So we had to reboot it and go in and run a special tool to make sure that it wouldn't try to install that update again. That's secure as hell. I, I fully predict that by this time tomorrow, we're going to have a Linux box down here. <laughs> don't tempt me. The only reason I don't have the Linux box is because is you can't get... Uh, I'm a nasty piece of work. Ask anybody. You can't get the nice soundboard on Linux. I've looked. I'd throw Linux on this thing in a minute. Hey, you ready to do the podcast? Yeah, I just got to compile from this kernel. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to manage fucking dependencies. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, and then after all that, I forgot, forgot to... God damn it, record. I forgot. <laughs> the, the backup recorder is all fucked up. This show will never air. <laughs> this show will never go on the air. This is a... <laughs> send $11,000 in a paper sack. <laughs> So we can get new equipment, and uh, clearly we, we deserve uh, money for this fucking shit show. Well, and in the meantime, as everything was melting down, I was able to reference that io9 article, and CNBC, or yeah, CNBC is the one that reported it. Um, Fox had been looking to un, um, 
unleash, <laughs> let go of, <laughs> sell their uh, their entertainment arm. And uh, so Disney was in talks with them. This has been going on over the course of a few weeks. And now Bloomberg News is, is reporting that it's stalled. It doesn't necessarily mean that the talks are over, but the story is still developing. I, the, the funniest thing that I saw online today w- was a bunch of people going, ooh, and now we can hear the 20th Century Fox drumbeat in front of Star Wars movies. Oh, God. But, like, that's, that's what we've all been missing. <laughs> that is a Gen X problem if I've ever heard one. It's, it's more likely that you're going to hear, and then you'll hear, like, Star Wars theme. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, or, or 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 X Men, whatever, or you know. yeah, we've <laughs> you were. I think you were talking before uh, everything went to shit. God damn it! I'd piss on a spark plug if I thought it'd do any good. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, does Disney have it in them to do a, a horror movie? You know, because I'm trying to think of an example of a Disney horror movie, and I really none are leaping to mind. Yeah, I, I mean, some of their villains are truly horrific. If you, but you have to dig way, way back. Like you know, um, Maleficent, <laughs> fairly horrible, turns into a dragon. Uh, <laughs> Who's that? The Wicked Witch. That's never, that's the Sleeping Beauty witch. Okay, I never watched a lot of Disney. I had Star Wars. I didn't need Disney. I remember being brought to the drive-in to see Bambi, and I must have fallen asleep because I don't recall being traumatized. Yeah. Uh, which is supposedly everybody is. I don't remember Bambi's mom dying. I don't remember any of that shit. Uh, <laughs> I know I went to see... The one Disney movie I remember seeing was, I think it was 80, 80 or 81 or 82, they re-released. It was Song of the South. Well, that's you want to talk villainous Disney movies, but they put it back in theaters in the early 80s. And I saw it. I, I remember seeing it. Yikes. <laughs> I think my parents dropped me off. Here you go. This is good for a growing young boy. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, I I'm trying to. I think I saw the rescuers. Is that that yeah, that yeah. of mice. Yes, it did. All right, I saw the rescuers at some point. But yeah, most of the I want to say Disney. This is before home video, really. So I want to say Disney was not necessarily in their habit of just re-releasing everything every six or eight months. Yeah. So I just I never came across it. And by the time I got Star Wars, yeah, the, the, what the little who? <laughs> I don't need the Little Mermaid. I've got Mera. The, she already does special things in my pants oh, for a fourteen-year-old. I don't need this shit. <laughs> so I, I mean, particularly in this day and age where everything is very much driven to be um, PG thirteen tops, so that they can get the family-friendly dollars. I. I don't see it. Well, I mean, yeah, an experiment like trying to do a body horror uh, thing like New Mutants or like they try, like Josh Trank tried to do poorly with Fantastic (laughs) Four. Uh, I'm not sure Disney really has that in them. Yeah, I... Certainly they're <laughs> certainly they're not going to do claws through the head Logan. No, they're not. Yeah, I mean Fox is finally beginning to push the envelope with some R-rated hero movies. You know, your Deadpool, your Logan. Yeah, yeah, and, and we're talking about the the company here is like, oh wait, somebody's doing something that is not exactly what we expect from a Han Solo movie. Fire everybody, get Opie. Yeah, get go Opie get Opie. He'll fix it. Opie follows orders. <laughs> Opie, you can trust. Opie will do what he's told. Opie. <laughs> Fucking Opie. Where's my whiskey funnel? So, 
Yeah, the, I can't imagine a, a lot of pushing the envelope, uh, even if he can get the X-Men and Fantastic Four into Marvel Studios. Yeah. That said, the movie we're about to talk about is as different to, uh, to a Marvel Studios movie. Well, not really. I don't know. It had some good stuff going for it. I enjoyed it. All right. Let's just tack right over to Thor Ragnarok. Sure. Uh, Before the sh- computer decides to implode. This fucking thing. <laughs> That's not the year, it's the mileage. <laughs> That's not the one I wanted. This is what I want to say to the computer. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. I've got nothing better to do. Anyway. Uh, so, all right, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, this is the first Thor movie that we've seen in the theaters. Yes. Um, because I have almost never, uh, ever given that much of a shit about Thor. <laughs> I feel people are going to talk about this movie in the future in the same way that some people talk about uh, The Godfather. Stay with me. Um, <laughs> go on. Well, no, it's like when you and I are talking and I say, hey, so how about that Godfather 3? And you go, what? No, there's no Godfather 3. <laughs> and I want to be like, hey, you know, what about that, that first Thor movie? And you're like, no. <laughs> you, mean, you mean Ragnarok? And I'm like, no, there was, there was one before that. It was just called the Mighty Thor. And you're like, no. No, there, there were two ahead of that. There was Thor and Thor the Dark World. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, hey, what about uh, Thor the Dark World? You know, the one that had the, the, the Ninth Doctor, Chris Eccleston? No, no, that, that didn't happen. Yeah, no, no such thing. That was, there was no Dark World movie. Yeah, the, the only Marvel movie I don't have on DVD or Blu-ray is the first Thor. Uh, I have the second Thor just because we didn't go see it in the theater. Uh, and... I don't even remember why I did. I think I you were I, drunk and you were on Amazon. I think I was drunk on Amazon. Like, let's see Thor. How bad can it be? <laughs> and I, I may well have fallen asleep before the end of it. I may not have seen the end of Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, I I know I watched it. That's about all I remember. <laughs> and they're not terrible movies. They're they're weak Marvel movies, but that's certainly not. Yeah. heard of in the canon. I mean, realistically, Age of Ultron is kind of a weaker Marvel movie, but I've still watched that two or three times. There's still things I have a soft spot for in that movie that I just do not have <laughs> with either of the Thor movies. Part of the problem is I've never cared that much about Thor. We, I've, I don't want to belabor it because I've talked about it in the past. Did you not I, really care that much about Thor? I don't care about Asgard or any of that shit. Asgard, it's, nice. Oh, well, nice. Right, I mispronounced <laughs> That's how he feels about it, folks. I I, I mispronounced (laughs) it. Asgard. I think I took a cue from uh, the Grandmaster in in Ragnarok. But it's all this overblown sturm and drum, and I just don't have trouble relating to it. I've said before, Straczynski's run is the one I've most connected with because it forces everybody to deal with human beings Mm -hmm. in, like, Oklahoma of all fucking places. Yeah, and I I think that's... Spoilers, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. I think that yeah. given the ending of this movie, that's the next storyline they're headed toward after Infinity War. Well, they really sort of head fake toward, oh no, it'll be in uh, Iceland. Iceland? Norway. Norway. They're the same thing, right? I'm an American. I went through the American public school system. Geography is one of my strong suits. Yeah, the course. whole North Pole. The whole North Pole is Norway. Now, which way is north? Yes. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yes, Norway. Shut up. <laughs> In the land of the ice and snow. It's the end of the US fall. But, uh... <laughs> so, yeah, none of that stuff really connected with me, although, to be fair, and I'll, I'll talk about it a little later, I have been working my way through Walt Simonson's run, which I missed in the 80s because mm-hmm. didn't give a shit about Thor. Uh But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Simon because a lot of this movie was based on that, and I know yes. you haven't read them 
either. I've just really in the last couple of weeks, couple three weeks started. Yeah. But so yeah. The things I don't care about, it really kind of seems like somewhere along the line, somewhere at Marvel Studios, somebody realized that nobody else gives a shit about that either. Because yeah, they number one, they made the decision to load this up with Hulk and elements of Planet Hulk, which is something that people do like, like and do give a shit about, which was the hook to get me to say, all right, yeah, let's let's go see this one. It looks like, at the very least, it's got the Hulk, and uh, yeah. I like what Mark Ruffalo's done with the Hulk. So yeah, we'll, we'll see it for that. Um, yeah, it, it, this was really fucking good. This is a good movie. It was, I, and it was one of those things, it, it was funny, but it wasn't a comedy. Um, it was... It was well done with its action, but you didn't feel like you were watching some sort of Michael Bay nonsense. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, certain little pieces were overblown and had that big, you know, oh, this is an epic story of gods, and which is fun to watch. But yeah, it wasn't, you know, big end of the world. Yeah. Chrysler building collapsing kind of bullshit. And it, and it went out of its way to actually talk about how to how to kind of retcon the first two movies that weren't as successful and bringing in this character, Hela, who for the purposes of the movies is uh, Odin's daughter, as opposed to in actual North myth- Norse mythology. Yeah, I talk good tonight. Um, <laughs> Here we go. Showtime, a-hole. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> where, where she is actually Loki's daughter uh, and Fenris, who is the wolf who shows up in this, uh, is actually Loki's son. Um, I don't, Loki had a big weekend, some weekend. <laughs> Those Vikings are fucked up all the time. <laughs> so, um, in this, in this particular movie, Hela is Odin's daughter and talks about how Odin likes to sweep a lot of stuff under the rug that he doesn't want to own anymore. <laughs> Somewhere there's a Marvel Studios joke in there, something with Kevin Feige. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Very possibly. First Hulk movie. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh... So yeah, the the mythology stuff is always going to hook you more. I've never been again. I grew up with superheroes and Star Wars. That's my mythology. The Greek myths, uh, Viking myth, none of that really has has ever hooked me, and that's part of why I never really gave that much of a shit about Thor. There's no resonance there to me. So that's okay. Yeah, you could say that. Oh, Hela, uh, no, she's the uh, the vampire from that Jim Jarmusch uh, <laughs> flick. Okay, fine. She gothed up nice. I'm fine. <laughs> Whatever the origin you want to make it, I'm cool I think with. That if I think you're thinking of Tilda Swinton in that particular one. Uh, they're not the same person. They are not the same person. <laughs> Tilda Swinton um, is the white lady who was in the the Doctor Strange movie playing what was supposed to be um, an Asian man. <laughs> That's right. They're not the same person. No, no. <laughs> Tilda Swinton is is the whitest of white people. Like she's like potato salad white. Like she's just. <laughs> this is not a case of like Dylan McDermott. Durbin Mulrooney, they're probably the same guy. We can't prove anything. Yeah, like if you have like white food, like that's like the Tilda Swinton of your food. Like that's <laughs> like that glass of milk is so Tilda Swinton. So <laughs> she's the Tilda Swinton of dairy products. Sure, I've slipped into another dimension. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. This anymore. entire conversation is predictive text. <laughs> no, no more predictive text shit. <laughs> Anyway, I don't care. Origin, don't care. <laughs> so anyway, Kate Blanchett is the actress who's in this movie. <laughs> yes. I, 
I want to move on from this. Okay. I don't want to talk about these people anymore. I'm I'm done. <laughs> this has been episode one sixty four. Kate Blanchett did a lovely job, and and in what I felt was a nod to Hella's actual origins, uh, played the part to me like like if Loki had his shit together. <laughs> Up to a point. Like just a straight up badass, very, you know, goth, but not, you know, so embroiled in the emo portions of it that she couldn't get out of her own way. <laughs> but uh, certainly embroiled in the emo portion. There was yeah. very much daddy uh, issues. Yeah, a taste there of, of daddy issues, uh, like, you know, some rich girl in her punk phase going, <laughs> I deserve my trust fund check and I'll burn this family to the ground if I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, basically. So, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the villains. There, there were basically two villains in this. Uh, yes, whichever person actually played it. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, I thought, was a thousand times better, and I've spent far more time with him than I would have with Kate Blanchett as Hella. Well, I think that's what happens when you, you're not sure what movie you want to tell. Like, it was, Is this going to be Planet Hulk, or is this going to be a Thor movie? Oh, why not both? Yeah, <laughs> and they really played up the, you know, oh, look, Planet Hulk stuff, because that's part of why this worked for me. Yeah, all the shit that I don't care about with Thor, they kind of got out of the way. It's right out of the gate dealing with Thor. It not only took Thor as a character in a universe less seriously, it made Thor the character take himself less seriously. Yeah, it, I read interviews where the director, uh, Taika Waititi. What kind of parents would name their kid that? Something like that. I can't pronounce it either. Yeah, um, it had been inspired by 80s movies such as Big Trouble in Little China. And as a, a devotee of Big Trouble in Little China, I could totally see where its grubby fingerprints were all over this movie. <laughs> the The whole idea of... Of Thor just wanting to get his truck back. He just wants to get Asgard back. He loses Asgard to Hela early. Hela takes, uh, it crushes his his hammer. It's not a metaphor. It, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a metaphor. Um, and he just wants his stuff back. <laughs> that's all he cares about. <laughs> yeah, and, and yet he doesn't get it. No, he does not. <laughs> and that's part of why I like the movie. No, Get rid of that shit. Fuck Asgard. And I don't care about Asgard. But he, he gets into these like, long-winded speeches about, and that's what heroes do. And then immediately some pratfall happens to take the, the air out of, of the stuffy. Uh, yeah. it's uh, Look, when you talk about Thor, you're talking about a guy, he's, he's got bitchin' hair and rock-hard abs, and he's never going to die, and he spends most of his time just moping around, oh, do I live up to my father? And in the meantime, he's completely missing Jamie Alexander as Sif, walking around with fuck-me eyes, staring at him. <laughs> fuck does, that guy. Why does Tony keep calling me Point Break? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate that guy. That guy doesn't have any problems. If there's white people problems, those are worse. At least that guy's brother likes a good joke. He's all right. I, I can deal with that. But yeah, the good-looking immortal dude who's the son of royalty, and woe is me, I have that. Yeah, screw that guy. I hope he dies. And that's, that's why I like this, because it took some of the air out of that. It I, did. I think that's part of why Loki's been kind of a hit. Compared to Thor... Loki's a fucking hoot. He's the only villain to outshine the hero, and it's because the hero is fucking boring. 
It's nothing it's bad. It's the Cyclops, really ha- Cyclops problem. It, yeah, it's, oh, no, I didn't live up to fucking Anthony Hopkins. Boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> it's just awful. Uh, Thor is the kind of guy who brings acoustic guitars to party, and, <laughs> and he tries to mope his way into a pity hand job. That guy fucking <laughs> sucks. I hate that guy. I don't want to see a movie about that guy. But in this movie, yeah, he doesn't take himself particularly seriously, and and he's willing to to joke about things. He meets some girls on the street who want to take a selfie with him, and then one of them, as she's leaving, like, oh, I'm sorry about Jane Foster. I heard she dumped you. Oh, it was mutual. It's totally mutual. <laughs> Actually, I dumped her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, take that guy, give him a sense of humor about himself, have him go out and look for fun shit to do. You know, get in a fight with Surtur and steal his fucking sword, talking shit the whole way. That guy's awesome. (laughs) You hang out with that guy, you're at least coming home with a good story. Yeah. Yeah, That guy's all right. And so, so yeah, it's uh, the director who's, yeah. What kind of parents would name their kid that? I'm not even going to try. I'll never get it right. But, but yeah, he got it. This is not something that you can't take this person seriously because if you take him seriously, he's boring. Yes. There's just nothing to it. There was a, a, a comment on the trivia page on Thor Ragnarok's IMDb page that said that uh, the the director had the actors improvise 80% of their lines. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. The purpose being that he wanted to create more just sort of a casual banter atmosphere on, on set. There may have been a certain amount of improv, but there were a lot of scenes from this that were straight from Walt Simonson's run. Yeah, and I think... So that's why I think you know maybe they, they did do it up to eighty percent. Not all of it made it into the movie. <laughs> like, yeah, and there are certain scenes where you can get sort of a back and forth banter feel to it that you don't get from just about anybody except Tony Stark in these because everybody just I imagine I picture in whatever writer's room. Uh, the, I'm assuming I understand how movies are written, but <laughs> everybody loves writing shit for Tony Stark because he's always got the right thing to say and always has the right zinger. Uh, this was more, yeah, banter back and forth. I mean, Jesus, when the Hulk can score points on you, the dumbass Hulk. <laughs> yeah, there, there may have been a certain amount of improv there. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think in in, in Walt Simonson's run uh, at any point was was Thor watching the Hulk emerge from a hot tub naked and uh, <laughs> then talk about how he can't unsee that. Uh, no, I don't recall that. I haven't gotten all the way through it yet. I'm only about halfway through. But I could see, you know, just as a, as a, you know, the two actors casually sort of hanging out, working the scene, I could see, you know, Hemsworth maybe spouting that and then Taiko Waiti, or I'm going to butcher this. parents would name their kid that? (laughs) You know what? We're just going to keep that. (laughs) Yeah, I I did see 100% more Hulk ass than I expected in this movie. (laughs) Uh, how, did, how did that make you feel? <laughs> For a $10 all-you-can-eat <laughs> testicle fest. It was, a, it was a strange moment. It was, oh, yeah, the, shit, they showed me the Hulk's ass. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, Hulk's ass. Yeah, it's not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Regardless of the improv, it's, it's like they sat down and said, all right, what pisses Rob from Crisis on Infinite Midlives off about... A Thor movie. And they, they took care of it. All right. Thor is fun. We do have Loki around. Let's get rid of Odin. Let's fucking kill. We're tired of Odin. Odin's dead. Let's get Asgard off the board. Let's just blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I can say, let's dump all the stuff that just makes Thor not any fun. 
uh, yeah, the more I think about it, they really effectively, okay, you've well, yeah, gotten rid of all the garbage that I don't want. The garbage that came out of the first two movies that didn't happen. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is, they're, they're retconning all of that shit. <laughs> Although if you're flipping past the FX or FXX, uh, eventually you'll be forced to account with the fact, because I think it's on every 15 minutes. Yeah, I, at least this month, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Until such a time as it's bought by Disney. <laughs> it's already bought by Disney. No, 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 FX. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, then it'll be on every... It'll be the fucking Marvel channel. Yeah. They'll just do nothing but that. Well, actually, no, because I heard... This is unrelated. I don't remember where I read this, but Marvel apparently is in talks to create its own streaming service for its movies, or Disney, rather, is in talks to create a streaming service for its movies. They're going to take them all off of Netflix, and you're going to have to subscribe separately to this new service that Disney is putting together. <laughs> oh, I wish I was dead. That's, I'm not doing it. Fuck you. Well, I'm just saying, you know, so, you know, what does that mean for the future of Daredevil or the Defenders? Or, you know, you gotta, I got to spend extra money. Two words, bit and torrent. <laughs> I, I give Marvel hundreds of dollars a month <laughs> between comic books and the movie. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Everybody just butch up and find a service and give them a taste of everything. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I can steal it. <laughs> I'm very good at it if I have to be. I'm just saying that this has been in the news. I don't know if they're going forward with these plans, but... Yeah, not happening. I'm not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anybody who would. <laughs> Seriously, can you think of anybody who is just so desperate to see Iron Fist Season 2 that they're going to fork out a monthly fucking fee? <laughs> I don't know, but I can think of some desperate parent who, like, you know, the Clone Wars is the only thing that shuts their fucking kid up. <laughs> well, okay, and that's fine. You do what you have to to keep the kids <laughs> quiet, I suppose. But, yeah, I mean, I should be the prime customer. I'm offended by that idea. It's like, you want what from me? Suck it. Go to hell. Believe me, I didn't need to spend money to see Thor Ragnarok. I did because <laughs> I felt it was the proper and appropriate choice. After a certain point, man, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll cop to it. No, I'll get your shit. And you know what? I'll buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray. Because I'm all about... I... You're all about the blue. <laughs> the blue... Uh, there's a Dr. Manhattan nope, joke in there. I didn't go just, there. You went there. <laughs> just going to let that go. You went there. I'm a firm believer in owning your own media. Any streaming service, things can be yanked off it at any time. Uh, even a digital, you know, oh, you buy a digital copy and it's available to you, available to you whenever you want. Yeah, as long as they keep the servers running. Mm -hmm. There's uh, one or two digital comic services out there that, yeah, I'm sure people built large collections on. And uh, then they went yeah, away. they went away and the servers went down and uh, now you have shit. Mm -hmm. If you own the disc you can watch the movie. So, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to jump out of my way to spend extra money to to see yeah, did Iron Fist season 2 <laughs> or Hulk ass. Or Hulk ass. Sometimes Hulk ass finds you. <laughs> it's a terrible situation, but that's how it is. We've gone far afield here. Uh let's go back to Thor Ragnarok. Yes, let's. Uh yeah, it's almost everything in the movie felt like it was there just to make it fun. Yes. Up to a certain point. Once we jumped back off of uh, Sakaar and went back to Asgard, 
It's like, all right, well, now we're back to a, oh, we have to save the world standard kind of Marvel villain thing. But uh, even then, there was some really fun stuff thrown in. Sure. Uh, it's uh, my, I think my favorite characters. You know what I would pay uh, for a streaming service for? For, uh, for Korg and Mike? Yes. Meek? <laughs> Those guys were fucking awesome. It's, I mean, you see the warbound from Planet Hulk, and you expect to, yeah, okay, the same kind of, oh, overblown, and we are the warbound. It, uh, no, it's, <laughs> <coughs> they're just regular dudes. I yeah. Mean, with this kind of weird world that the Grandmasters put together, of course most of the arena is just made up of just dudes who got sucked into it. Yeah. You know, and these guys, they're like the opening acts. They're not going to die in the ring. They have to go out there and fight, so... Yeah, all right. You'll just get some good-natured schmuck who's going to, all right, I can make the best of things. I'm made of rock. You're not going to hurt me that bad. All right. I'll just be friendly and do my fight and let Doug go off and die. <laughs> oh, if I knew Doug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was actually a delightful character, and that was actually voiced by the director, uh, which was kind of neat. <laughs> yes, the director. What kind of parents would name their kid? <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> they, they were they they humanize the rock guy humanized the story yeah yeah in a way that only uh, what's her face from two broke girls did in the first two movies yeah and she's not in this one and I'm okay with that I'm happy with that actually let's do this other thing <laughs> let's move on for Christ's sake and he had the best goddamn lines eh, another day another Doug <laughs> hey man I'm Korg we're gonna get out of here you wanna come <laughs> yeah and like Loki sort of astrally projects into uh the quarters of the gladiators yeah and and korg finds him and is like fuck off ghost <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it, those guys were awesome and, and uh me I, i'm not pronouncing it right is it meek i think so it, not speaking he's just this goop yeah, he's a, a sack of goo in a knife suit yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that protoplasm or eggs? Because either way, something's coming out of you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just taking the warbound and just taking that idea with it. Nah, these are just guys punching a clock. They're yeah. regular dudes. <laughs> I wanted to have a revolution, and uh, my I, mom turned up with her boyfriend. Who I hate. Who I hate. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about starting another one. Would you be interested if I started a... <laughs> Yeah, just a regular dude, and it yeah humanized and grounded the movie in a way that yeah Thor and Planet Hulk shouldn't be that grounded. Yeah, but it really worked, and it was really a lot of fucking fun. And yeah, the, the Grandmaster Jeff Goldblum, he's the best Marvel villain at least since Loki. I'll I'll, I'll put a stick in the dirt. Okay, and say it's. <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm insane, and I'm okay with. Well, that. I'm not even sure he was a villain. He he was. Kind of, kind of problematic. <laughs> he was, but he was forcing people to fight to the death and rigging certain things. That's true. And and he, he was over overruling, ruling over a slave state. He was not a good guy. No, no. You're 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 right. I just I guess I didn't view him necessarily as a bad guy because, I mean, he is a bad guy. But Hella was the bad guy, so I you can have more than one bad guy. But I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, ask every Batman movie. <laughs> but uh, no, see that's why he was awesome because he was something different. Yeah. 
it's, he was not, he, he had no grand plans to take over the world. He had no, you know, I demand vengeance. He's just a dude who's going to live forever and he's bored. And because he has all this power, it he just sort of lives his life and he, Steps on people, and he doesn't mean it. He doesn't mean to be a bad guy. He doesn't see himself as a bad guy. Well, he's he doesn't he's... like to say, "Oh, they." they, they flat out say, I don't like calling them slaves. Can we? They're slaves. But he's trying to at least lighten it up to, in his own eyes. Well, he's a celestial, much much like um, the Collector in Guardians of the Galaxy and Ego, the Living Planet. Yeah. So they, none of them see themselves as bad guys. It's just that yeah, they they got way too much free time on their hands and. Their morality has become warped over time because they got nobody to answer to. Yeah, but it, <laughs> the collector was after uh, Infinity Stones, and Ego was I will remake the universe in my image. Th- this guy, it's a much smaller scale, and he could really make like difficult for the Hulk and for Thor. And you could have focused everything on this planet. Just have sure. Thor get s- forget about Hela. Uh, yeah, he just. Uh, gets sucked up in one of the portals completely by accident, the same way the Hulk did. And now they have to get off this planet somehow. It's, you could have made the story completely about that. Oh, God, then they could have just based it on Escape from New York. <laughs> so the, that doesn't really have much of a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, it's Hemsworth, call me Thor. <laughs> and it doesn't work nearly as no. well. But, yeah, it's he's not... He's not Hitler in a robe. No. He's just, he's bored. And he doesn't care about you at all. Yeah, he's got a cousin named Carlos that he like jabbed with a, a rod and then Carlos melted. <laughs> yeah. It's, even there, it's like, yeah, he hit him with the melt stick. And then, <laughs> what is it, Thor said something and his his helper held over the melt stick. So what, why, why the melt stick? He just said something. That's not a melt offense. That's... <laughs> It's not unfair. He's just. Yeah, but Topaz hated everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, it's just he's a bored guy who found a hobby. Yeah, that's all, and and can make life miserable for a lot of people just completely unthinkingly. But he was something different. And then we go back to Hella, who's I will rule the world. It's my destiny, and that's almost every other Marvel villain. It it is. I, I. I found it believable from her, though. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, for what it is, she gave a good performance. Yes, but it was it was nothing particularly new for Marvel. No, which is in its own way that's that's fine. Yeah, it's a Marvel movie. You, you know, you you get what you you get what you get. That's, yeah. that's no, how I, Marvel I, is. My my theory is um, they're setting her up to since she is the goddess of death, and Thanos. Um, lusts after death, who is its own character in in the Marvel universe. I think they're just gonna sort of roll her into that. I think she's not actually dead at the end of this movie because we don't actually see a body. True. I think Thanos is gonna find her. That makes a lot of sense now that you mention it. Why go out of the way to create something completely new just for Infinity War? Yeah. God knows, particularly since Age of uh, Ultron. Uh, Kevin Feige has shown he's completely willing to just stop everything to say, oh, let's uh, drop some stuff in for the next movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, oh, I didn't put the promote synergy thing on That's here. That's okay. Because, yeah, we got Doctor Strange. I think you like Doctor Strange in the Marvel Universe I do. I do. I, I, he's a hoot. <laughs> Doctor Strange is, we, we've gone back and rewatched the movie, and yeah, it really is Iron Man. 
It is. Which is is fine. He's a perfectly good other Iron Man. (laughs) Mystical Uh, Iron Man. Yeah. It's the same character except magic. Yeah. Which is okay. Because, yeah, Robert Downey Jr.'s percentage of the gross goes up with every movie. Eventually, you need to... you got to be willing to cut the cord. Yeah. So that day's going to come. So fine, have somebody similar in the background, but... Well, that was a theme to this movie, though. The idea of Ragnarok, rather than being the apocalypse, is, is the end of a cycle, and it leads to a rebirth. And as we all know, in the Marvel books... There's, you know, they're doing this whole legacy thing now so that they have these older characters, the established legacy characters existing alongside their newer counterparts so that everybody has what they want. So those younger readers who see more of themselves in these newer creations, they're still there. But those of us that are older readers that want to read about, and we'll talk about it later, you know, Captain America when he's not a Nazi. (laughs) (laughs) Why would anybody want to read about a non-Nazi Captain America? (laughs) Marvel has certainly just walked up to the bank with sacks of cash and critical acclaim with Nazi Cap for the last year and a half. Um, But I I think they're gearing up to do the same thing in the movies because uh, they've... What you'll find, spoilers, by the end of this movie is that Thor loses an eye Oh no, now he's beginning to resemble Odin. <laughs> yeah, but there was also, and when we talk about Simonson's run, that's not directly from it, but I. No, but you're moving him towards, you're moving him towards a phase of his life where it's like, okay, well, if you're not going to be Thor the God of Thunder now because you're, you're Odinson, King of the Gods, then who's going to pick up the mantle of Thor? Yeah. <laughs> Well, then they probably shouldn't have written off Jane Foster with a "Oh, she dumped him." Yeah, they'll they'll <laughs> recast. They'll recast. Yeah, or just invent a whole new character. It doesn't need to be Jane Foster in the movies. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this is you know. Hey, interestingly, they <laughs> you sh- know what recast her with John Cheadle <laughs> and don't even mention it. <laughs> <laughs> um, they show on on Sakaar this giant structure that's got the face of the champions of the Grandmaster. And Hulk's face is at the top. But as you go up, you see Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, which was cool. And uh, by the time I know, hey, that's Beta Ray Bill, and started looking at the others that had already passed. So I'll have to check on the Blu-ray, because I'll get this on Blu-ray. Yeah. But what I was thinking is, you know, if you're going to be opening the the mantle up, you know, this would be a good place to, yeah, you can bring in a, a Beta Ray Bill. You can bring in, you know, other characters to pick up the mantle if you need somebody younger to hold on to it for a while. <laughs> yeah. And and that is definitely going to come. I, I don't know when or at what point, but, you know, look, at this point, Robert Downey Jr. is what, 90? Yeah, I think 92 so. 92 years old? Yeah. <laughs> Easily. I, I think um, 116. Really? Yeah. That far? Yeah. You know, that cocaine's a hell of a drug. It is. It's a preservative, I think. <laughs> but. He and Keith Richards. Um <laughs> No, but also, I, you see Hulk for, for I don't want to say the majority of the movie, but it is the majority of the movie. You see CGI Hulk, and when, when he switches back finally into Banner, Ruffalo is definitely aging along. Um, yeah. And it's, it's much easier to have a non-aging CGI character than to have, you know, old man Ruffalo. <laughs> I'm just pictured just put the uh put the electrodes on Stan. Yeah. Just make Stan the Hulk. 
but I mean, they, they made a point in this movie of he, he was the Hulk for two years straight. Um, he, he took the wheel completely, wouldn't let Banner get back in there. And his worry is if he hulks out again, will Hulk let him come back? Yeah, and Ruffalo could... He, I think he's doing the motion capture for he, Hulk. He is. You could easily give that to Andy Serkis, Serkis. Who, who does every other motion capture in the world. Yeah, well... And have him do the he's, voice. He's busy being um, Claw in the Black Panther movie. Yeah, that looked really good. It did. I really want to see that. It did. But my point being that... Um, it's again the age thing. You can have an ageless CGI character that the still aging actor can motion cap and voice. This is the first Marvel movie in which somebody other than Lou Ferrigno voiced Hulk. Ruffalo did his own voice acting for Hulk. That is true. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, that's that's true. And it's all right. So, so let's talk about the Hulk. Okay. Uh, this is probably closer to the actual Hulk from the comics than we've gotten. Yes. Anywhere. Uh, he had some some language, some language, uh, less savage and more childlike, dumb. Yes, just like uh, you know, you get the Hulk out in the desert. Hulk <laughs> just wants to be alone. If you extrapolate that out, uh, yeah, he's just a big kid who doesn't want any trouble. So yeah, that kid wants a room with basketballs and shit to play with, and a friend to you know horse around with. And his interactions with Valkyrie were awesome. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Hey, big guy. Hey, little girl. <laughs> yeah, just a, a big kid, uh, but one that, if you get him angry, will uh, split the planet. Um, so I, I liked that Hulk. It's it's not a Hulk that we've gotten, you know, even with sort of the half banner, half Hulk from uh, the, the two Avengers movies. Yeah. I'm kind of more on the fence about the suddenly somehow more nebbishy banner than we've gotten in the last couple of Avengers movies well, or the Hulk movie. I think it was interesting. If, you, if you've if you been out of play for two years because somebody else has been commandeering your body, <laughs> what does that take out of you? I mean, it's it's an interesting question. He certainly played it, at least initially, that he had no idea. Yeah. That it was just, you know, okay, it's uh, right after Age of Ultron. So uh, what just happened? But he, they also made a point that Sakaar is almost purposefully set up to make him Hulk out. Like everything is overwhelming and overstimulating and and completely puts him on fight or flight mode, which makes him want to turn into the Hulk. Uh, yeah, but uh, I don't necessarily buy it. Remember in the, in the Incredible Hulk, the original one, mm-hmm. he was in a in a heavily industrial uh, but sort of third world toilet, industrial, dangerous. He was working in that kind of place. He was volunteering his services in a war zone in the first Avengers movie. I mean, he was dignified. <laughs> he, he was, he was, but he was also on Earth, and and he, he's now confronted with life on other planets because I I'm seeing it firsthand. Yes, but he also saw life on planets, other planets firsthand, swarming into New York. So the idea of alien life should not be something that, uh, oh, heavens to Betsy. <laughs> I, I think he's also still screwed up emotionally because of what happened between him and Natasha at the end of, of the Avengers movie. So I, I think he's got a lot of healing that he hasn't been able to do. And yeah, as far as he's concerned... He just got out of Sokovia. He just got fucked over by the woman that he thought he loved. 
and now he's on another planet <laughs> and just found out that he's been the Hulk for the last two years. I'd be a little fucked up too and on edge. It's I can... <laughs> and the only clothing they, they could find that would fit him on the ship is Tony Stark's. This is, again, they find a way to put Tony Stark into every movie. They couldn't physically get down, Robert Downey Jr. there, so they got his costume, uh, his clothing from like the last movie... <laughs> And and had Banner wear it when he needed to be clothed. That that was a pretty sweet Duran Duran T-shirt. It was. Got to give it that. It was. <laughs> Tony Stark wouldn't listen to Duran Duran for Christ. He would, but he would wear the T-shirt ironically. For Christ's sake, director. What kind of parents would name their kid that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. He might wear it ironically. Would, but the the you know he's he's wearing like the 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 skinny jeans that. Stark apparently was wearing. He's like tugging at his crotch. He's like, he's just uncomfortable. <laughs> Tony wears his pants real tight. <laughs> I, I will say it was nice to have a banner who was at least semi scared that he can't control the Hulk. I mean, there was a certain amount of that even up until Age of Ultron, but it felt like everybody had it down to a science. You know, right from the first Avengers, where it's like, oh, my secret is I'm always angry, which made it look like he had. All kinds of control. Yeah. Uh, to, down to the, hey, fella, the sun's real low. <laughs> that was a great moment in this movie <laughs> where Thor tried that. He tried to lullaby him. Yeah. And Hulk just cold cocked him. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also what we learned in this, too, because uh, it's not the phrase. It's Natasha saying it, because the thing that finally causes Hulk to change back into Banner is they get onto the Quinjet and Hulk hears he's uh, Natasha's on a loop on her on his monitor, and he hears her voice, and he doesn't want to change back, but he he can't not. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the Russo brothers, they're gonna have a hell of a time resolving that. Yeah, because uh, I still think your interpretation of, of that, where no Natasha is a professional spy. You know, any feelings she has for Banner are. I know how to control him. I know how to control men. Therefore, I know how to control him. This is my job, mm -hmm. so I will do it. I really don't want to see that get contradicted because <laughs> I think it's the best characterization of Natasha that I've heard. Yeah, I, I, I think she may have had feelings separate. She felt badly because they were friends. Yeah. And she felt badly because she could see where maybe there could have been a relationship at some point. But yeah, the job comes first. And her job was to be his handler. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would argue she probably likes the guy. Yeah. Well, that, but that's the stuff that we saw at the end when she was processing with uh, Nick Fury. Yeah. But no, I like the guy. But yeah, all right. I'll, I'll make him feel this way. Yeah. She's never not in control. The only time we've seen her not in control was when faced by the fucking Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Which is why I think it was important for her to have control. Yeah. No, I, I think you're dead right. And and I'm dreading the, seeing the interaction between them. The best thing they could probably do, just keep them apart. Have Banner be like, no, you know what? I don't want to work with her. I can't, <laughs> I can't face it. Yeah. <laughs> and have her be like, no, you know what? He still terrifies the shit out of me. And just <laughs> clean break. You stay out there in the cosmos, and you just stay there on Earth, and everybody's happier. <laughs> yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, All right. Anything else in particular about the movie before I start comparing it to Walt Simonson's run? Because they're really, if you've seen that run, and I know you have not, Amanda, mm. and I have not read through the whole thing, so I'm sure there's stuff I missed, but there really is a surprising amount in this movie that is directly from that that run of books. Um, 
I, I think we can start talking about the Simonson run if other things about the movie occur to me. I'll, I'll certainly pipe up. Okay. Uh, I only started reading it, what, about two or three weeks ago? Yeah. Um, I had bought, I think it's right now collected in five separate trades and has been for a while. And I bought the second one like two or three years ago because I'd heard such good things about it. It's like, well, even though I'm not a Thor fan, this is something I haven't read and I probably, you know, so, and it's so well regarded. I'm sure this is an arc when I could just uh, drop in in the middle of it. Yeah, sure. no, no, you can't. Don't fucking do that. You need to read it from the beginning or you will make no sense of it. I tried that second book like three times. I'm like, I know I should give a fuck, but nobody can make me. And I put it back <laughs> on the shelf. But they just did another printing of the first book, so I picked that up, probably because the movie's coming out. Mm. So I did pick that up, and I've been enjoying it more. It's, I'm still not going to say, wow, it's a revelation. There are moments of it that are really cool, but it's still, you know, I am Thor, and lo, I miss my father, and I must but weep. And uh, again, it's, uh, uh, and I feel such pain, and let me play you Wonderwall, and will you tuck <laughs> it in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fuck that guy. I don't care about him all that much. <laughs> but that's the Thor we got. And we, so anyway, um, and I am engaged in it. And there's a lot in the movie that does come straight from the book. Certainly not the tone. But yes, yeah, Surtur is the, the villain of the second arc. Yes. And actually, I would say compared to Simonson's run, he really gets short shrifted in, in this movie. Uh the the forging of the sword because in the book he's forging Twilight the sword to put in the eternal flame to cause yeah. Ragnarok. In the very first arc, the the Ballad of Beta Ray Bill, it's we would just cut to this character who you might know who he is from history or I didn't I wasn't particularly familiar, uh, but yeah, just forging this sword with those this sword with those big Simonson doom sound effects. <laughs> So it's it's foreboding, and here it's just now he's there for Thor to fuck with at the beginning, and and they don't he, even use a sword; they they use his crown rather than the sword, right? So so yeah, it's it, it's it's a much deeper, more terrifying character, yeah. in the uh, the original arc, um, Hela does return after the apparently. Odin dies uh, fighting, mm-hmm. uh, he dies fighting Surtur uh, in the book, but it's more, you know, oh, when they tumble forever off of Asgard. And so it's, uh, look, it's comics, and mm-hmm. Odin is an Uncle Ben, so he, he comes back. But I don't, I don't know the details of that yet. But yeah, the Hela returns after the apparent death of Odin. Um, Asgard is destroyed. Uh, but they immediately start rebuilding, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Fuck! Why are you rebuilding?" <laughs> I knew they would because there was an Asgard later on. But uh, yeah, it, Jesus, <laughs> Kevin Feige, if you're listening, and I know you are, because this is a show that's very popular with producers. Mm, We've established yes. over the years. Yes. Don't rebuild Asgard. Leave it. Just fucking leave it. Go somewhere else. Le- leave it dead. Just I'm happy with let it, it gone. Hover over Oklahoma. There you go. <laughs> Um, I, I did mention earlier on Thor's face does get fucked up fighting mm-hmm. Hela. Uh, he doesn't lose an eye, but supposedly it's all mangled to shit. Uh, I haven't gotten far enough to see how they resolve that. But I think I've read online that uh, when Thor eventually grows his beard in the 80s, it's because of that to cover up whatever. Hideousness. <laughs> yeah. You know, apparently a beard takes care of that. I've been counting on that my entire adult life. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, the the biggest one is a scourge dual wielding the M16s at the end, trying mm-hmm. to help the ship escape. Uh, that is a hell of a sequence, actually, in the in the book. In the book, yeah, it, it's more to to cover the escape of other Asgardians from from hell. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's a character who, similar to the movie, was sort of on the fringe and felt he needed redemption and a ne'er do well. Yeah, it's really well done in the book. Yeah, shout out to Carl Urban for almost being unrecognizable in this movie. Yeah. He did a really great job just sort of being this absolute dirtbag. And I, particularly since I hadn't read Simonson's run, when he pulls out the machine guns at the very beginning of the movie to try to impress some girls, the idea that they would literally be the gun on the wall in the final act, <laughs> I was I was nicely surprised. See, I had, uh, I had just gotten to that scene, so I, <laughs> I knew that was what was coming. He certainly hit it well with a moped. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> some other garbage that no human being would no. take pride in. But he found them in Tex-Ass. That's, <laughs> that's where that came from in the movie. Tex-Ass. Yes. Better than Asgard. I'm just saying that was a <laughs> line in the movie. It, it certainly was. One thing I liked also, if we're talking about like nods to the comic book run... Um, Donald Blake, who was Thor's human counterpart, um, used to go about with a, a walking stick. And when he needed to change back into Thor, he would bang it on the ground and it would change into Mjolnir and he would turn into Thor. And in this movie, they didn't give him a walking stick, but Thor had this umbrella that he would carry with him when he was in human form on Earth. And he had a moment where he banged it on the ground like it was the walking stick. And I was like, yeah! <laughs> Actually, up to a point that's from the Simonson run. Because the Simonson run is where he finally abandoned the Donald Blake yeah. alter ego. But he <laughs> he kept the stick uh, so that when he was walking around as his new alter ego, which is some something like Sigurd, like this horrible Norse... Like Sigurd de Fuxtico. <laughs> I forget what it is, but it's basically, there's it literally Simonson. Uh, it's like Nick- the Urkel of, of like Norse gods or something. Uh, yeah, except <laughs> it, it was basically, he literally had Nick Fury. This is actually very cool. He had Nick Fury say, hey, you know what? Uh, like the guy from the comics, he, he put him in a ponytail <laughs> and put glasses on him. <laughs> And, and Nick Fury says, oh, you'll be fine. By the way, I got some reporters over here at this press conference. And he walks into Clark Kent. <laughs> and it's it's just they call each other Clark and Lois, but it's clearly the blue suit and the glasses. Yeah. And, and it's Clark Kent's going, oh, oh, wow, I don't know who that is. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, he would, in order to change fully back into his Thor armor, would whack the walking stick. So it was still a walking stick. But all right, so that's part of that was from Simonson's run, too. Yeah. But I, I was I, I had a moment of like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, all right. So anything else in particular before we go to the normal? It's a fun movie. Go see it. Yeah. All right. So where does it rank? Where does it rank? Well, uh, I, I mean, first of all, it's got it's got something in it called uh, the devil the devil's anus, and <laughs> <laughs> for a ten dollar all you can eat testicle fest. And I think for that reason alone, it should be. <laughs> No, but where does it rank for me? It's again with a the caveat: these things always rank higher right when we first seen them. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Might, maybe in my top five or so. All right, with with what else up there? 
Um, the first Avengers movie, um, Captain America Winter Soldier. Okay. Um, first Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. And then this one. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking just pure fun, as opposed to, you know, pure fun and a good movie, uh, this is this might be at the top, or at least it's up there with, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy ones. Yeah. Which are also still just big, I don't want to say big, dumb fun. None of them are big, dumb fun, but big fun. Yes. Uh, for honest-to-God quality, Winter Soldier, <laughs> still my favorite. Uh, I'd probably go Winter Soldier, Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Iron Man, and then maybe this, maybe Spider-Man. I need to rewatch yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming. Too. Yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming's in there too. I At this point, I'm just so happy that there are so many where I just like them. I don't really want to worry about ranking them. I just know that they're good things to watch. Yeah, it's a weird thing about Marvel movies. They're, I don't think I dislike any of them. There are ones where it's like, that was fine. Yeah. The first two Thor movies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so far they haven't really stomped on themselves. But right. then again, we're not watching Inhumans on APC. No. Uh, and, I, haven't, I haven't like rewatched Iron Man 3 in some time. Yeah, and uh, Iron Fist sucks. There's no good... Yeah, if, if there's a place Marvel stepped on, Iron Fist sucks. Yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that that's a stellar endorsement. Thor <laughs> Ragnarok doesn't suck like Iron Fist. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's fun. It's fun. If you didn't like the first two, give this one a shot, particularly if you enjoyed, say, Guardians of the Galaxy. This will be more to your taste. Yeah. None of the big, oh, forsooth, but my father. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> None no. of that garbage. It's my friend from work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, want to talk about a couple books? Let's talk about a couple books. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's talk, start with the Jetsons. Okay. Talk about a 180. <laughs> yeah. The Jetsons, number one, written by Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, art by Pierre Brito. What kind of parents would name their kid that? Hmm. Pierre Brito. We're going to pretend, uh, pretend I said that right. Sure. Uh, all right, so another book very much in the spirit of last year's uh, Flintstones by Steve Pew. What kind of parents would name their kid that? I, I'm not very good at names. That's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, taking a, an old cartoon and uh, making it a comment on modern society. Uh, unlike the Flintstones, it's uh, less funny and more terrifying. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, they've, they've got themselves a future dystopia. <laughs> Meet George. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dystopia. <laughs> um. All right, so yeah, some of the background we got in the Flintstones Booster Gold uh, yes. special crossover issue earlier this year where Jetsons was a backup. We knew that they live in floating cities because the world flooded because at least of at least because of global warming. Uh, we learned in this there was also a meteor strike which caused additional sea level rise. Palmiotti doesn't pull any punches around this. He basically tells us, oh yeah, and it killed billions of people. Yeah, and, we, and you see the carnage because Elroy goes looking for a birthday present for his dad underwater in the wreckage of what's presumably New York or something. Yeah. And and um, chaos ensues because child should not be left unsupervised. But <laughs> Not around nuclear weapons. No. Um, and I gather 
Jane actually has a job in this, unlike in the cartoon show. <laughs> no, she does. I mean, there's a certain amount here that's updated for modern times. Now, we know that uh, Rosie is actually... Oh, yeah, the, the, there's an origin story for Rosie. Well, that was that was in the Flintstones Booster Gold right. issue, where it right. was an end-of-life decision to have her consciousness put into a robot. Yeah, so it's Grandma. It's, it's George's mom. Yeah. Who is now overseeing the household as as the robot maid of the house. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's much more updated. But that's also one of the freaky dark parts of this because he, there's an extended conversation between her and George about what it's like for her to be a robot now and and how she has memories of things but no actual physical sensation. So it's just sort of weird. Yeah, and you know, big heady questions like, do you fear you've missed out on an afterlife? And how do you deal with the concept that you could be functionally immortal? And, you know, her answer of, I burn my family alive. I like to light things on fire. <laughs> At least I didn't string you along for like 40 or 50 no. seconds on that one. No. But I, I think it's going to be interesting to watch how, will she remain I don't want to say human, she's already a robot, but she already knows that these experiences that she used to have, like being able to touch and feel and smell, are going away and are, and can only be replaced by her memories of those. So over time, does she become more robot-like? Or will, as she seems to be implying, the AI of her computer brain adapt and keep up because what she seems to think is that her brain is learning and using these old memories to try to substitute for those sensations. But how much of that is her brain playing tricks on her? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would hear uh, Rosie the robot from the Jetsons going, Oh, I wish I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, there's that. Uh, yeah, just concepts of the living in a surveillance state. Yeah, not necessarily government. Just sort of all this data and metadata is floating around. Everybody has access to it. You know, we see Mister Spacely knows George can work because he knows full well nobody around him is going to be home. Yep. Uh, Rosie knows when Judy comes home because everything's time stamped. Yep. Because you can track everything that's going on. Uh, you know, the one thing I. I I kind of didn't like just because it was clever, but it was also the most heavy handed part was, you know, the responsibility to do something about climate change. The clever thing Palmiotti does is he completely removes the question as to whether it has anything to do with human activity. It's there was yeah. an external force that was also part of it. There's a new external force that's coming. It is just a question of, do you do anything about it or not? Um, so it's a clever way to get the politics out of it, but I think he pushed it a little too far because he flat out has has Jane say it's a problem for science, not politics. It's our duty. It's not exactly subtle, Jimmy. It's it's, it's not it's a subtle. clever move, and then you you still flash the card. <laughs> yeah. Um. That being said, they make a point of saying that George is the only person left on the planet who can do this mechanics job that he does for Spacely. Right. And Jane makes a point to her secret scientific cabal who are talking <laughs> about this, this end of, of the planet destruction thing that's happening. Um, there's that there's nobody around who can build any weapons anymore and they wouldn't have enough time to, even if, even if they could. 
I think they're going to show that George has the skill set. <laughs> He's got an old anarchist cookbook. <laughs> well, I think between, I mean, they show like certain things that are still functional weapons that are, you know, granted they're all blowing up after Elroy gets done with it inadvertently. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> Elroy nukes New York. Fill it at 11. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they're, they're, I think they may be setting this up that, that George has a skill set. Which is possible. It certainly beats his skill set of pressing buttons. Yeah. That he had in the TV show. <laughs> it's a, it's interesting. It's along the lines of Flintstones. I don't think it's as effective because yeah, the the problem with it is, it's clever, but it's not funny. And uh, it, it's clever to use an old cartoon to focus on, you know, modern issues. But I think where the Jetsons is not as solid as the Flintstones is the Flintstones tried to be legit satire it was funny yeah it was it made parallels between the flintstones and modern things and jacked them up to ridiculous levels so it was fun it was funny and the jetsons is not funny there are no, no. jokes here it it's it's clever taking the stereotypical bright future cartoon and turning it on its head because mm. let's face it when everybody says where's my flying car and this is not my <laughs> observation but you think of the Jetsons flying car. You do. That's a flying car you think you're supposed to have. Taking that and making it more depressing than anything else, it's clever. But without the level of humor there, it you get things like, oh, are you preaching at me, Jimmy? It's, it's, it's still pretty solid, and it's interesting. And again, it's clever, and clever goes a long way. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to hit the level of the Flintstones, which... I know is somewhere on your list of the best books of the last it, year. It is, but at the same time, I I don't want to rush to judgment yet because this, this is just the first one. Yeah, no, it's there's that is that is not me saying don't read this. It's me saying it's not as effective as one of the best books of the last year uh, because that book did something a little different. Yeah, this is still clever and it's kind of cool what they do with it. It's and just I'm, getting started though. It's just, yeah, and I am engaged and I enjoy it. But if you loved the Flintstones and said, I'm going to get more of the same here, you're really not. You're going to get something similar, but much deeper and darker. Yes. Uh, which I'll, I'll be honest, so far has not been as effective for me. Okay. That's valid. Doesn't make it bad. It, it just shows really how fucking good the Flintstones <laughs> was. Because, <laughs> yeah, this. <laughs> The minute you said, bring me home the Flintstones, I'm like, what are you, fucking high? <laughs> really good. It is. It is. <laughs> so, all right, I think you liked that one a little bit more than I did. I liked it, but. It's all right. <laughs> Look, you don't have to cream over it. I mean, just. <laughs> Funny story. Oh, it was I in gotta the way. go. <laughs> it was... Mom? <laughs> Captain America number one. <laughs> Written by Mark Wade, art by Chris Samney. Um, <laughs> at least it's Captain America. Yes. Uh, well, that's the thing. I, I did the math, and I went online and checked the dates. Between a year or so of Steve Rogers being old mm. uh, and another year or so of him being a Nazi, <laughs> this is the first story that feels like a real story about the real Captain America. Yes. Since 2014. Good Lord. It's Captain America lost the super soldier serum in Rick Remender's Captain America 22, which was either June or July of 2014. Wow. That's three and a half fucking years 
without a real, the original yeah. Captain America. That is that is a full Avengers movie, Captain America movie, and a Spider-Man movie cameo with no Captain America in the comics. That's really <laughs> good planning, Marvel. It's top shelf work, guys. Top shelf. Um, uh, I can't even blame Dan DiDio. <laughs> yes, you can. It's Dan DiDio's fault. <laughs> it's just that simple. Okay. Uh, I really liked it. What? what? I enjoyed it. I... Wade's enthusiasm for old school Cap is palpable in this book. Yes. And it, it doesn't hurt that he then goes out of his way in uh, the letter page at the at the back. In case you weren't sure of his intentions, he also then goes on and extended like, no, this is my favorite character and here's why. And it's, he, he, he has a chore picking up this book over its recent history. Yes. Uh, there was a large outcry over. Yes. So it is a natural thing for Marvel to decide and for people to assume that the decision was, Jesus, throw your hands up and back away. Back away slowly and move directly back to a classic Captain America. Yeah. And and they they give the reader that. He's you know, he's doing this because he has power and if you have power, it's your responsibility to use it to protect others who need to be protected. Um he punches Nazis. Twice. Uh, that is brought up uh, repeatedly. Uh, and that is the first line in the yep. fucking book. <laughs> Steve Rogers wanted to fight Nazis. And that's dead on the nose. That's why Simon and Kirby created Captain America. Yes. The first thing we see him do is punch a Nazi. Before any American had punched a Nazi in yes. the real world. Well before World War II broke out for the United States. But yeah, that's what he is there for. Yes. But uh, the point I was, I was going to make was... It would be easy for people to then say, you know, oh, well, they brought in Wade because, you know, he, he writes classic, you know, at least classic Silver Age superheroes. So it's a high, it's, I think it was a smart move in that letter page for Wade to say, oh, no, I really love this character. I'm doing it because this is how I would do it anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I make fun because I care. <laughs> Wade, Wade's letter is quite effective, actually, and, and, and somewhat self-effacing, because he, he talks about like the, the ways that he loves Captain America, like where, where he decides to, to quote some of um, Captain Steve America. Yeah. yeah, 183, Steve Englehart's um, words for that for an American civics assignment, and then how he only got a B-plus on it. But he yeah. stands by his choice. And, <laughs> and how he had a homemade Captain America jersey in college. Personally, yeah. I had a homemade Medicate Me t-shirt from Moonlighting Season 1. Hopefully he got luckier than I did. Maybe he maybe he got a mopey hand job from a guitar. I don't know. <laughs> The, the guitar does not give you the hand job. If the guitar is giving you the hand I've job, I've been doing it wrong for so long. Was there chafing? I mean, <laughs> didn't you notice? <laughs> and sometimes you gotta suffer for your art. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're very difficult to talk to. <laughs> so I brought a guitar to a party. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it. it in its own way, it's simple. It has to be a big, bold statement to show, look, I'm doing classic Captain America. I'm trying hard not to say real Captain America. That's not fair to anybody who's done Captain America for the last 15 years. Well, it's also not fair to those people who really enjoyed Sam Wilson in the run at when he's... Yeah, it's his run as Captain America, That it was a fine Captain America. Uh, yeah, absolutely was. I do think it's kind of interesting that, you know, of all the legacy heroes, 
uh, who are still hanging around. Now Sam Wilson's back to Falcon. Yeah. It's, but it, again, with what Marvel did with Captain America, th- they almost poisoned the well for anybody. It's like, no, the only thing we can do is good old red, white, and blue early Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> they almost have no choice. Yeah, I, and I think, I think the way that Wade positioned this story so that it, it centers around the, the the true nature of the original Captain America, how he continues to protect and to inspire others to do good deeds through um, his own actions and how they do address sort of to the side. Like, and there are some who would say that Captain America didn't do enough. They're not here right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're talking about our love fest <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. The, the fucking Captain America convention. Yeah. For God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> But Wade clearly just gets that simple, classic Captain America. It's like you, you have to, one of the first pages, you have to protect him because he's smaller than you. Yeah. That's Captain America. But he's he's not also not naive. Of course, it, he, he's got conspiracy theories about Captain America. The guy who thinks, oh, no, it was a government plot to put a new guy in the costume but it doesn't matter it's the most benign yeah. conspiracy anti-government conspiracy theory i've ever heard the, the captain america was an inside job well no, that's not so bad and, and and more more to the point like what you you actually believe that he was found in the ice you're an icer <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's a, no, the the government, they got together with their deepest, darkest spooks and <laughs> created the greatest hero in American history. Yeah, to, to counter the Avengers, of which she was actually a member. So, um... Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, Wade gets that. He gets, you know, this sort of modern zeitgeist feeling that, all right, the neo-Nazis somehow feel emboldened. Yep, we're going to come out in middle America again. Yeah, he gets the obligatory guy. I like Captain America because he punches Nazis. If you've been on Twitter for the last three months, (laughs) yep, that is something awesome about Captain America. That's a good thing. That is a thing he does. Yeah, so he not only gets the classic character and fits him into all this stuff going on, but it makes it just feel natural, and it's fucking heartwarming. It's nice it to read a Captain America story where it's like, yeah, uh, all right. Everybody's uh, behaving the way they're supposed to. Yeah, America can be a good place. There's some good people here. We don't all have to hate each other. That's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> and the weird thing is, I'm not the biggest fan of Chris Samney's art, usually. You know, his, his drawing is very simple, mm-hmm. which is fine. Uh, it's not flashy. And I have a tendency toward, you know, oh, give me the cool shit. But my God, for a classic Captain America story, perfect. Yeah, just give me simple lines and mm-hmm. simple superhero art. It's really cool. Yeah, no, it, it really helped to sort of punctuate the whole idea of this is the legacy Captain America. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I said to give short shrift to anybody who's written Captain America for the last 15, 16 years. Writing Captain America for the last 15 or 16 years is not necessarily the easiest thing in the world. No. You know, as much as I love Ed Brubaker's run on Cap, he made it into a spy story. He did. And that's great. It gave us Winter Soldier. It was a real run for the ages. But you can argue we haven't had classic, this kind of classic Captain America since at least September 11th. Yeah. 
I mean, immediately after 9-11, uh, John Nay Reber, I've never, parents would name their kids never know how to pronounce his name. John Cassidy did the art, but had him dealing with terrorism right afterwards. Mm. Right after that was Civil War and Cap got fucking killed. <laughs> yep. So then you've got, you know, the former Winter Soldier as Captain America. It's been a while since it's just been Steve Rogers, classic, just optimistic I'm here to help people, Captain America. Yeah, no, it's true. A lot of baggage on it, and if there's arguably a time in history where, it, all right, yeah, let's let's go back to that. This is a good. That would be fun to read. I think I would like that. That's okay. Yeah, this. All right, this is Yay. a good. Cut. Yeah, now's probably <laughs> the time. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was a really, really good reintroduction to that classic Captain America, and it's structured well. Start out with that first reintroduction to modern society and linking his modern personality to that. Then it gives you everything you need about the character. Because it, it also shows that this incarnation of Captain America has been around for a while. And if he says back 10 years, the, all right, back 10 years was uh, after September 11th. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just it, it's nice to, <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. There's nothing wrong with a nice comic now and again. Nice comic is nice. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else on this one? uh... No. It's a good book. Go read it. Yes. (laughs) All right. So in that case, why don't we wrap it up before some other piece of... Uh, Although, quick shout out to, if you haven't been reading Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man by Chip Zdarsky. Yeah, this is a good issue. Number six this week? Number six this week. Yeah. It's... It's the uh, dinner date between J. Jonah Jameson and Spider-Man that we've all been waiting for. Yes, with a uh, with big, a special surprise. Yeah, one that I did not see coming. I didn't either. And, uh, I'd be very interested to see the fallout. Yeah, of it. yeah. Um, this go, go read this book. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, this one was pretty solid. <laughs> all right. So other all right. than that, other than that, all right. Why don't we wrap it up? Okay. Uh, don't know where you found this particular episode, but you can always find us on our home website, assuming it stays up because none of my computer equipment is working correctly. Crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Uh, where else can you find us? We're on Facebook, uh, such as we are. Uh, Facebook.com slash Midlives. We are on Twitter. Twitter handle is at Infinite Midlife. Mm-hmm. I, did I get that right? You did. I, I'm always concerned. I fucked that one up. Now you got it. You got it's it. Slightly off kilter you on the nailed name. Nailed that one. All right. We're on Tumblr, crisisoninfinitemidlives.tumblr.com. We are on iTunes, so you can certainly subscribe to the show there. Uh, if you get a minute, uh, give us a review. Give us a rating. It helps new people find the show. Just please don't review or rate my computer equipment. <laughs> $11,000 in a paper sack. Anyway, um... <laughs> Uh, where else are we? We are on TuneIn Radio. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on Google Play. Uh, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, and you can always email us, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. I think I got everything. Yes. <laughs> okay. A hesitating vote of confidence if I've ever heard one. This has been episode 164 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlives show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening, and derp. Yeah, it's not for everybody.